It's another edition of the Cuz I Have To podcast when living your dream is the only option. This week's guest, Craig Hamill. Did I say that right? I you assume did. so. <laughs> I figured. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Craig is the founder and programmer of Secret Movie Club. What's yeah, that? Yeah, that's, that's right. Secret Movie Club's mission is to grow a community of movie lovers and movie makers where all are welcome. Craig says, cinema forever. Should we say that together, everybody? Now let's do it. Cinema, cinema forever. forever. All right. Wow. <laughs> that just turned the whole generation <laughs> off cinema. <laughs> we'll talk movies, movie makers, movie lovers, and more. It's all coming up. Welcome to the Cuz I Have To podcast, where living your dream is the only option. We're your hosts. I'm Julie Slater. And I'm Jason Friday. And we've been scouring the earth for people living their dharma so we can share their stories with you. And hopefully we help you find your dharma. Let's do it. Okay, we're back. Uh, Now that we've gotten everyone jazzed. (laughs) I am ready to make a movie and then watch it. That's great. My mission here is done. It was great to be on the podcast. All right. See you later. Thanks, man. It's good to see you. Peace. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Craig, before we get into Secret Movie Club, uh, let's just do a deep dive into your deepest passions. What would you would you just say movies Uh, are your deepest passions? It's it's funny you ask that. I would I would say uh, not to get heavy right off the bat, but I would say God, family, friends, film in that order. Uh, well, I wouldn't, I don't want to. <laughs> you mix, you mix and match. Yeah. You know, They're all yeah, very important. A, yeah, right. I would just say that if, if I didn't, if I wasn't focusing on one of those four, I don't know that the other three would come along. They all seem to go together for me. Sure. Oh, no, nice. that's, that is a beautiful thing. I'm into that quite a bit, actually. Very cool. And, um, and I'm well, also not surprised. <laughs> did, have you guys met in person yeah, before at we, an event? You and I met yeah. at uh, through Spencer, our friend Spencer. Spencer oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Uh, and that one and time, you and I were killing a hobo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right off of Bay Street. <laughs> yeah, I don't get uh, it. No, that never happened. Oh, no, that, right. that didn't happen. He's just he's going that, off on another. Is that, is that funny? That's my or? dark Irish sense of humor. Apology. Oh, okay. <laughs> How about oh, it's still isn't it the Irish? Uh, is it one for the ditch? Is that Irish? I, I wish it was. That oh. sounds amazing. What does that mean? One for the ditch is like one more <laughs> shot before you go. You know, like one for the ditch. Oh, oh yeah. My my brother like Mark the... says it all the time. I think it means you're probably not going to do well after you leave. So one for the ditch. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and how about the Irish exit? I have perfected that to some great degree. Do you oh, do, do Irish it. exits? Not well. I can do one, but it's 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 clearly an American who can't do an accent doing an Irish accent. Let's hear yours. No, no, an Irish exit. exit. Oh, I, oh, well, I yeah. Were you ghost people? <laughs> I you actually just, no. At a party, you just leave. You don't. You don't do because you already said hi to everybody. You hugged everybody back in the day. <laughs> when you're leaving, there's no need for that. You just leave. You don't Which say is, bye. You I, weirdly, I don't do that. I, you know, it. it not everyone rolls their eyes because I say this all the time. I am a predominantly uh, Irish Catholic and Russian Jew. 
with some Italian and Norwegian and French. Those are the, so <laughs> yeah, so I'm a mutt. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I'm also like an audience for, so I don't just disappear. I'm like, bye everybody. See you next time. <laughs> You're bye bye. The- <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got you next time. That, yeah. All of that that you just listed sounds complicated, <laughs> <laughs> but in a fun way, because I, I enjoy everything that you said that you are times a few but that's how i am too though when when we're at a party or anything any gathering she's like all right let's go and i'm like well no no we gotta we gotta say bye to little jimmy over here like, we don't have to say bye to little jimmy she's we'll like, see we'll little jimmy say- again yeah if What's we little don't jimmy well- doing at a party in the first place <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well he just reached the age of 21 you know it's his, it's his first get together with family he could drink grandma's in the corner judging i don't know <laughs> nice <laughs> okay, we're going to get into, obviously, your, uh, we have you on uh, because of your secret movie club. We're going to get dive more into movies and that. But um, for people who are listening who don't know anything about it, I haven't been to an event yet. Uh, tell us what the secret movie club is in Los Angeles. Wow. Well, well, thank you guys for having me on. Um, yeah. And uh, the so long story short, I'll try to be as concise as I can be. Um Secret Movie Club at this point in 2022, when we're recording, uh, we do movie events usually Wednesday through Saturday, uh, most of them at our Secret Movie Club Theater, which is uh, in downtown Los Angeles' Arts District. But we have the whole second floor of what used to be a toy factory. So uh, the idea of building community is not just watching movies, although I love that. And uh, whenever they were shot on film, we try to show on film. We have two 35 millimeter projectors, a 16 millimeter projector, but we're also not uh, like weird fetishists. Uh, We also have a digital projector. And uh, if you're a new filmmaker and you made your movie digitally, we love to show it. Uh, And along with uh, what we try to show as eclectic and diverse, and I mean, I want to use dumb buzzwords actually, so I won't, but we just try to show uh, everything from like, I'll just give you this week, I guess, would be illustrative. So uh, Wednesday, we're doing Final Girls, which was just made a few years ago with the writer doing a Q&A. Then he recommended that we show Sleepaway Camp from 1983 because his movie is a meta riff on 80 slashers. Uh, Thursday, we have a sold out Speed Racer, the Wachowski Speed Racer, because I think that's my favorite Wachowski's movie. And we, we do a like reconsideration cinema. So it's like, hey, this one kind of flew under the radar. Let's check it out. Then Friday, we're doing the 1970 Woodstock documentary because we have a year long and that's on 35 oh. and, the, you know, 1970. And then uh, on Saturday, we are doing the first uh, extant animated movie, uh, 1924-25's The Adventures of Prince Ahmed on a hand-tinted Italian print with a live gamelan band. Uh, so in this week, <laughs> you go from a movie made a few years ago to the first existing, still existing animated movie. And, from uh, just about 100 years ago. <laughs> about 100 years ago. And then uh, while we mostly try to build community at our theater, uh, once, uh, twice, or three times a month, we go to the very first uh, movie palace in LA, the Million Dollar Theater, and those are for our bigger events. And so the next one is we're doing Scorsese's The Departed for St. Patrick's Day with Guinness at the Million Dollar Theater, 2,000 seats. And then uh, just to wrap it up, we also do pop-ups. We've done drive-ins. We've played like The Regent, which is a rock venue. Oh, uh, wow. we'll, 
yeah, we'll we'll do any like we'll Frank Lloyd write it and figure out a movie for the space. And I also am one of seven. That's where the Irish Catholic comes in, uh, although it's a mixed family. And I, I just love people. I love I love being surrounded by people and getting to know people. I'm sure you could psychoanalyze that. And so I just love to throw events and meet people and talk to people. I, I real quick, just to chime in on all that. I swear to God. So I, I went with Spencer and you were like, hey, Spencer, what's up, man? Hey, it's my buddy, Jason. Cool, man. And it was when you featured uh, Get Carter and Point Blank. Oh, yeah. And I watched how you talked before and after and in between and before and after each movie. And I'm like, this guy is I, I, I need to get him on the podcast. This is insane. He is so you're like so genuinely <laughs> like there's so much truth behind how much love and magic there is for you with movies and community as well. And, and I think that's just amazing that you're doing that. Seriously. Well, thank you. That's, that's, thank you. That's, that's a big compliment. Thank you. Yeah, man. Yeah. And Spencer feels the same way. <laughs> he's, he's, he's oh yeah. Like, we should do, um, he sent us uh, a message for you. Um, Spencer wanted to say, where's my money? Where's my money? You owe him a lot of money. He's very yeah. angry about it. Um, he wanted to just share his appreciation for what you're doing. He thinks that what you're doing is the most punk DIY thing happening in L.A.'s movie scene. And you're a good dude. Thank you, Spencer. That is true. And man. I think he wanted to send a couple like. Oh, yeah. A couple of. Oh, I'm kisses. married, Spencer. <laughs> so is he. It works out. I know. Right. So is he. <laughs> you guys can meet at a movie theater at midnight. Um, right. <laughs> he goes to movies. At, yeah, he's he's one of he's one of your kind. He'll be like, yeah, I'm going to see this double feature at midnight. I'm like, I would be sleeping by 1230. <laughs> That's most of my friends. It's so funny you say that. When I started this in 2016 and we hope to be back, but it's an open question mark. We we have been until COVID at the Vista in Los Feliz. Yeah. And uh, the only and there's a long story behind it, but the short is that the owner now the manager because he sold the Tarantino, but the owner Lance Allspot was super cool to me and said, "I'll give you a, a good rate, but you got to do it at midnight." And uh, I was like, "I'll take that deal because I love the Vista." And and but all my friends were like, "I'm sorry, homie, I cannot watch Barry Lyndon <laughs> starting at midnight." <laughs> so did people? I guess people showed up, right? Hey, you know the craziest. I mentioned that one uh, because there have been a few ones when we were doing midnights at the Vista, where you get really, really proud. You're like, "F yeah!" Like, look at this. When we did Barry Lyndon, right? Often considered Kubrick's most deliberately paced film. At midnight, I think you're. Oh, I'm gonna unplug this damn landline. No, there you go. It's gone. Um, <laughs> Throw it against that the was, wall. That was so quick and like <laughs> assertive that I'm like, holy shit, man. Okay, we're back where we just were. No, it's totally. the phone never rang. And then, but like the irony would be like, as it goes off, it's Netflix is going to give me a deal. No. One I, know. I know. But F that. I'm on your podcast. That's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, you your priorities. No, totally. That's rude. That's um, right. The the but but to answer your question, um, Barry Lyndon, I think we had, and I don't I don't want to exaggerate because I actually think truth is the best, and and you never want people to be like I was there, and uh, I think it was about two hundred to two hundred and fifty people, uh, and and it's funny that Spencer said punk rock and DIY because you would not you would not necessarily say punk with Barry Lyndon, but uh, actually as I get older, I I find Barry Lyndon to be more punk than I thought, and I was like this is really punk rock, like everyone's here at midnight watching Barry Lyndon. <laughs> And they were like totally into it. And they were pumped. And I was like, wow. 
That is funny. I totally, I could see that though. Just totally going nuts over something like that. But also, like, you got to realize where you're at too. Like, that's a pretty rad space to see anything. Totally right? on film. Yeah. Yeah. No, we did another one. I, I could tell you like all these stories, but I'll just, I'll sure, I'll just tell you one more. Uh, so we did one <laughs> where uh, we did the Lord of the Rings trilogy, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, which I love, and we got Prince, and again at midnight. So we're doing Fellowship of the Ring, a rings. And five minutes into it, I realized they gave us the extended cut at midnight. And I was like, I had told everybody (laughs) I had advertised that it was the three hour versions, not the four hour versions. And so uh, I go out at 3.50 in the morning to like wait for people in the lobby. And these two people stumble out. I remember the dude had a marijuana leaf shirt. That was like a vivid detail, I remember. And he was like, hey, bro, like maybe next time, not the extended editions. And he and his girlfriend left. And I was like, here it comes. And everybody else came out and they were like, F yeah, you do that extended editions. And then they were like, and we got a bigger audience for two hours. And then it was like sold out for Return of the King. And people were just down to bleary eyed stumble out at five in the morning. I was like, wow. Wow. That is incredible. The one guy who's like stony baloney, like, <laughs> look, man, it's past my bedtime. Everybody else is like, I'm gonna, yeah, <laughs> totally just lose it. <laughs> That's really rad. Oh my god. So now that um, Tarantino owns it, uh, will you have anything to do with it, or you just don't know? No, yeah, I don't know. That's the short answer. The and the reason I say that is, um, it, 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 that. The like I said, the owner who now Tarantino has retained the entire management, which I think speaks to Mr. Tarantino's intelligence, because the Vista has stayed standing uh, for 40 years while so many other theaters and theater chains and what have you have not. Uh, so I think I think, you know, he clearly Mr. Tarantino's no dummy and Lance knows what he's doing. I speak to Lance um, like once a month or every two months. He and I are friends. He mentored me for a long time. And the, what my understanding is that God willing, we'll be able to come back. It doesn't sound like Mr. Tarantino wants to program everything. And he definitely wants to make sure that the theater like it like makes money because yeah. yeah, he, right. he now now he's bought it. So yeah. I, I think there's a really good chance we'll be back. But um if I had just dropped, and I don't know what he dropped. I mean, no one's told me. But if I had just dropped a lot of money, I might want to program a lot too. So I'm just staying um, grounded about it. And I'm ready for them to say, come on back. And I'm ready for them to say, we're going in a different direction. So we'll see. Sure. And you yeah. have your own movie theater? Did you I do. Buy, you bought a building? Oh, that's the, is that the one with the that you just mentioned the uh, was a toy factory? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I wish I could tell you I bought it. Uh, I have a long-term lease. Uh, the, uh, but yeah, we have the whole second floor. And in another ironic twist, if I'm even using irony correctly, um, uh, as we were growing, I had it, most of the decisions we've made at Secret Movie Club have been pretty instinctual. Uh, I, I, it's not. I try not to be impulsive, but I'll sit with it, and then eventually I'll just say my gut says yes or my gut says no. And uh, right before COVID, my gut was like, you know, um, you need to have uh, an anchor, an anchor place, a headquarters, because if anything ever happens to any of these other places you're renting from, you need to be able to keep going. This was before COVID. And I'm, that, I'm, I'm not trying to say prescience or anything. It was just a feeling because um, I was renting all these other spaces. And you just realize when you rent at any point, a landlord could say, thanks, but we're done. Yeah. 
And so I got this theater on a long-term lease. Uh, it's a hundred seat theater, not very big. And then COVID hit. So initially I was like, oh, are you kidding me? I poured all this money into it. We were open for six weeks and then COVID hit. Oh but gosh. weirdly, uh, I we did this drive-in to keep the, the theater open. Uh, it was crazy because then I was like, how am I going to how am I going to keep the theater open? But then I went into drive-ins with a partner in Glendale, and that was like a wartime economy. We were selling out every movie, uh, and that was great. And I poured all the money into keeping it, and then we reopened it. And you know, the Vista is still not open. So uh, weirdly, having this space uh, really has helped. Wow, that's great. No kidding. The timing of things obviously <laughs> was terrible. In the end, everything has worked out. Though. We were. Yeah, no. And it was funny because that was another instinctual thing. I had some very intelligent people uh, advising me uh, to break the lease. Uh, sure. I had some very intelligent people saying, um, man, you know, this thing's going to go for they were right, like 18 months, two years. That rent is prohibitive your landlord's going to understand like this is a force majeure or whatever. But sure. I really love the arts district. And I was like, but I really love this space. And I feel that if I can hang, that this space will be very valuable. So I sure. just, just hung. Wow. It'll all I'm go glad you did. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, seriously. It will. I'm, I'm glad you did because I mean, I've, I've experienced it very few times. But the few times that I have, what you're doing is insane. And by insane, I mean incredibly wow. <laughs> and no, and insane. I look, I look, <laughs> and quite literally, you're, yeah. that's insane. <laughs> I have people come up to me and they're like, how does, how does this place exist? <laughs> It's what I wanted to do. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. That's but so there's great. so many people like, like you, but then, uh, or like Spencer, I'll say, like he, he is a movie goer and a movie lover and there's so many people that it will never end first off this is la so obviously there's millions and millions of people right but i don't think your idea of anything that you ever do or go forward with will ever end ever i really don't i think you'll be able to do it for forever <laughs> i hope not quite yeah now uh so it's called the secret movie club why is it secret What's yeah that all yeah, totally. I, I, I <laughs> so I, again, long story short, uh, I went to film school here in LA. Uh, and when I got out of film school, my sister and I, you know, one is seven, I'm very close to my siblings. And I think my sister started a book club and I was part of that book club. And like, we were close to my grandparents. We'd even merge book clubs. And then I was like, I love movies. I'm going to start a movie club. And I called it secret movie club in my early twenties. And my only rules were, uh, it could be a movie that we'd all seen. So you couldn't really call a secret movie club for The Godfather. Uh, what it had to be was some weird, random movie that no one had seen. And the only rule was you had to vouch for its awesomeness. And if we all went to your house and the movie was not awesome, people would not go again. They'd just be like, "You're like that movie sucks. And yeah. um, so uh, the first one, I did the first one at my apartment. And uh, it was Russ Meyer's Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, which I love and I'm obsessed with. Uh, and I, I think it's a crazy movie, but I think it's a legit great movie, but also crazy. Uh, I think the audience was uh, my sister, Heather, uh, my cinematographer at the time from film school, John Winstrup and myself. And we had a blast. Anyway, from there, that thing went um, long. I'm going to bridge, condense a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> okay. uh, when I was in my mid 30s, 
uh, a bunch of my friends who had made, I'm 44 now. I embrace my age. So I'm 44, uh, yeah, born yeah. in 77. Um, my friends who had made features, I was, I still want to make a feature. I'm a filmmaker still. I, I make shorts and stuff and I do a lot of our original productions and, um, and I do docs and whatever. So I asked my friends, what's your advice? You've made a feature. And they said, you know, we thought making a movie was a hundred percent of the game. It's maybe at most 49% of the game, 51% of the game is marketing, distribution, exhibition, recouping what your investors spent. Because if you can't say that you came near recoupment and that it got seen and that you knew what you were doing because it's an audience medium, no one will give you a second movie. So I thought about this for a while and I thought, okay, I'm going to learn the back end of that. And the way I'll do it um, is, I'm sorry, I'm going I'm to be nonlinear in my storytelling here. No, when, I, when I was back at film school, I had a club called Screenings where we do movies uh, and we'd invite speakers. So weirdly, I had Robert Wise, who did West Side Story and Sound of Music. He was the editor oh, on yeah. Citizen Kane. Uh, he was there. I, I picked him up from his apartment. That was a crazy story for another time. In my dad's car that I borrowed from my dad. Uh, in my dad's crown, Victoria. And I remember like Robert Wise looking at it being like, oh, this guy's a kid. I think he expected something more. Maybe a little little limo or Uber before Uber. But anyway, um, yeah. So I did all that. And this voice in my head was like, we'll do that again. Show movies, show them on film. Cause I still love film. I still, I still personally prefer film over digital. Sure. Uh, and um, I was like, show them on film and go to a great theater and, and just see if you can get people to like watch these movies. And this quiet voice was in my head. I kid you not for about three months. Cause I was tutoring to pay the bills. I was poor. I was about to get married. Um, in a studio apartment, my, my fiance and I at the studio apartment at Echo Park. And so I talked to her and she said, and, and I'm so grateful to Martha, uh, you know, my wife um, was like, go for it. Uh, you, you can't ask for a better partner than that. And our only agreement was as long as I wasn't hemorrhaging money, I do it. But I, cause I was paying for it out of pocket. If I was hemorrhaging money, we'd reconsider. And I remembered this thing I had, I was like, I'll call it secret movie club. Cause I was, you know, I was going to do it at midnights at the Vista. I right, liked right. the name. I was like, ah, you know, that, that's a sexy name. I like that name. Let's do that. <laughs> you know, it like feels to me like you'd want to be there. What's the secret movie club. <laughs> yeah. so, so I called it secret movie club. Uh, I, I literally put up some flyers and amoeba. And I emailed my friends and I went to some comic book stores with paper flyers. And uh, we had 60 people at Raiders of the Lost Ark on 35 millimeter, which is one of my oh favorite my movies God. of all time. Yeah. And uh, and then from there, I mean, you know, there's a longer story about what happened and this, that and the other thing. But that was how it started. And, and I've always kept the name and I've loved the name. And I also love contradiction and irony. Like half my family um, are secular Russian Jews. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, like they volunteer, they do not believe in God, uh, for very good reasons. Cause our family was like wiped out in Russia and in the second world war. Oh, and, yeah. And they're, they're like, they don't believe in magical thinking and, uh, but, but they do believe in being active and volunteering and being civically active and voting. And the other half of my family are very devout Irish Catholics who go to mass every Sunday and are deeply, deeply spiritual. So from the very beginning, I was, you just sort of get, and my dad became a Zen Buddhist. So you became very comfortable with, uh, like, you're like, there actually isn't a contradiction here. The human mind sees it as a contradiction. <laughs> it's two views of truth that people just insist on making oppositional and they're not oppositional. And you have to be that way when your family's that way. And so I was like, F it, if it grows, I'm still calling it secret movie club. I could live with that. 
Yeah, that's that's right. on you. <laughs> <laughs> so now, do people become members, or is it just like they go to your website and find oh, that's, out? Yeah, that's the other thing. No, uh, we are not a club. <laughs> the, 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 every, the it's thing, not secret. It's not secret. <laughs> the only thing is, there are movies. movies. The movies. Yeah, I mean, a club in the sense of um, like community. Uh, yeah. wanting to be a part of something. I think that still pertains. But but no, we're absolutely democratic and Catholic, lowercase c. Everyone's welcome, as you said at the head of the show. Um the the, you know, we try to keep our ticket prices as low as we can. We try not to gouge people or be like, it's $30 and you get a martini and you know, <laughs> craft beer and a gourmet burger. You know, we, we try not to do that. We like try to keep our tickets 10 to 15 bucks. Uh we want everyone to be here. And uh yeah, so there you go. I get it. I remember like the uh back in the day at the Eagle Rock Plaza, it would be a uh, double feature for a dollar fifty. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Do you remember I don't know. Are you where are you from again? Yeah, no, I'm a native Los Angelino. So okay, when you yeah. say when you say uh Eagle Rock, I my dad used to take us to the Century City AMC. Oh, there I, you go. I yeah. remember Tuesdays were three bucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Right. If you want to go to the Valley Eagle Rock Plaza, you get it for half the price. There you go. <laughs> you want to bump it up to Century City, you pay three bucks. You got you pay three bucks, right. Oh my God. And I actually, friend, you didn't ask me, and I'm sorry that I'm that you found I have the Irish disease, but I I I I, <laughs> I personally think this is this is one of the problems that we need to correct in movie going. Cause I find tons of people that love going to the movies still, despite what everyone says about blah, 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 streaming, blah, 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 comfort sure. in my couch. But yeah. you're not going to do that if the, the, the price points 20 bucks, you're not going to do that. Right. So, you know, people are struggling. <laughs> people have to be like, that's gas or a movie. Uh, and I think that back in the day, it was the democratic medium because it was a nickel or a dime. I mean, I know the economics were different back then. You weren't competing sure. with any other media, but I do think we have to find a way to get back down to a price point of seven, eight, nine bucks. And yeah. if you get to that price point, I think people are going to be like, actually, if it's only nine bucks, I'm going to get off my couch and go to the movies. Sure. No, I complete. I I remember uh, the United Artist in La Cunada, like a, ch uh, a matinee or whatever was five fifty or six. You know, that was like cool. That was not like a oh, that was oh this is great. And then yeah. the expensive price was like seven or eight bucks or something like that. You know, yeah, yeah, like the full price. So I get that. I do. I love movies, and I would go more if it wasn't eighteen to twenty dollars or so. Well, and plus if you buy any snacks. Like oh no! Yeah, it's it's literally a hundred dollars. <laughs> You're going out to on the town for you know. No, yeah. sure. And then if you see a bad movie, I mean, this is a whole conversation that <laughs> I feel like our industry is both having and not having. Sure. Um, and it, I don't want to get into the the whole thing. Obviously, I I know that everyone, we all, you know, we all have our reasons and the realities, and I I respect that. But what you just said, another thing, and I don't know that we do it fully successfully, but like our candy is three bucks. Our water is a buck. Our coffee is two bucks. Our sodas are two bucks. And we can do uh, beer and wine on donation. And we ask for four, but it's donation. And we just try to be like, you could come see a double with us, uh, get candy, get soda, even get a beer. And all in, it's like 35 bucks. Yeah, yeah right. That's great. Which is, I mean, that's exactly what, you know, that I experienced at the Bay Street one, um, which I mean, you walk in, hey, I mean, immediately you were like, 
hey, Spencer, what's up, man? How's it going? It's really great to see you. Thanks for coming. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy talking to Spencer like they're besties or some shit? <laughs> hey, buddy. What's up, dude? <laughs> Hugs and kisses, my <laughs> But that was, I'm telling you, dude, as like an outside view who loves movies as well and going to the movies, seeing just that at the beginning of walking in, I'm like, this is already incredible. And then seeing you introduce and like how much passion you had while talking yeah, about nice those vibe. films. Yeah. Your vibe's insane, dude. Well, you know, it, it, I mean, again, <laughs> I'll take all the compliments you guys want to give out. I mean, I'm not gonna... <laughs> yeah. You're amazing. Yeah. You're the best. <laughs> it would be two hours of that. <laughs> I don't, I don't think you guys have a good podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you guys gotta gotta bait me. You gotta get controversial. Um, the, uh, I know. But the but but to your point, uh, and I forgive me. I also have three children, all under the age of five, and I I haven't slept since 2017. So points <laughs> fly in my head and fly out. Yeah, um, and I wouldn't tra- I wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't trade sure. it for the world. But there are times like when my son my son came into my room. You know our room today at I think six oh five, which is actually pretty good. But six oh five. And, you know, he just wanted to talk to me. And uh, you do have fleeting moments where you like, you remember what it was like to get nine hours of sleep uninterrupted when you were like single and living on peanut butter and jelly. And you don't want to go back to it, but you right. just, you, you look fondly and you're like, I, I could remember everything. Um, <laughs> I wasn't brain damaged. I wasn't brain- <laughs> right, for getting lack of sleep. <laughs> for like five years of consistent, like no sleep. Um, but but the thing I was going to say was, oh, there it is. Um, I think another real danger, you know, and it's funny. So so I want to know, is everyone here a native Los Angelina or no? No, I'm from Detroit. No. Oh, I word. Right, word up, word up, yo. Yeah. I also spent a lot of time in New York. Okay, yeah. got it. The Detroit, like Detroit, Detroit or like Flint? Or... I was born in Detroit and I, we grew up in Warren on 12 Mile and Van Dyke. The, I, um. The, anyway, the mad respect. We just did um, uh, Soderbergh's Out of Sight and like Elmore Leonard. And so there was like a lot of Detroit in that. And uh, and I was just, I was vibing on, I, I love I love creative people who make the most of the city they're from. And I was like, man, Elmore Leonard just like owns Detroit. Uh, <laughs> Detroiters anyway. are very proud of their Detroit. Yeah. Well, I'm like one of the great, like great, possibly the greatest genre of American pop music ever straight out of Detroit. Seriously. Oh. Yeah. Motown, Motown. So, oh. no joke. I'm not a huge Motown fan. What? <laughs> yeah, she's she's not. She's really. I'm more of a singer songwriter, emotional. <laughs> you like Radiohead? Yeah, she what likes. About, what about Smokey Robinson and the Miracles? Eh, not into it. Not into it. Yeah. Rocks of my tears. <laughs> I'd rather. In... I'd rather not. Okay. <laughs> really? If you're into singer songwriters, okay. I yeah. know we're, we oh, all have our so, uh, yeah. oh, yeah. you want to, while we're on the music and yeah. you're Irish, what's your feelings on Bono and uh, you too? Oh, wow. Is there a reason? Has Bono done something bad? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, uh, you were talking about, oh, I'm doing the Irish thing, which I assume is just talking, 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 talking. Oh, yeah, what yeah. Bono does. Exactly. Uh, yeah. No, I was, I grew up being a huge fan. I don't know. You're just real big in being Irish. You no, know, yeah, no toy. And, and no, every my granddad, Irishman, like all you had to do was ask him one question. Come back and, three and, days later. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> tell me when I could set my alarm to wake up. Thank you. <laughs> and my grandmother had the patience of Job because I and, and she was great, too. But my grandfather, would, as I do, 
would tell the same story 10 times, uh, <laughs> often in the same week. And I yeah. know that meant that my grandmother had heard that story a thousand a billion times. times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but to answer your question, I'm sorry. Um, I love you too. I love you too. Um, my two favorite, yeah. what's that? The two of us right here. Is oh. that what you're talking about? Oh, oh, you oh yeah. Band. <laughs> yeah. And I love you too as well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, the, but my favorite YouTube period is easily uh, like from Octung Baby through Zuropa. And strangely, um, I am, a, which I guess are just those two albums. But, uh, and I mean, I love everything. I, I listen from the, I mean, I love War. War is a great album. But uh, yeah. uh, I think Zuropa is my favorite album. Wow. And I know that's a, that's a weird one. I took a that, break from the band then. Yeah, I was going to say, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, no, I, think Zuropa, band, I think the yeah. band even, uh, Bono even admitted that he's a little embarrassed by some of that music. Yeah, I, I got to say, you know, maybe yeah. it's also, I lived in Prague um, and I had a really good friend from Detroit, actually. It's funny how this always around Andy Ray, mm -hmm. who is no longer with us. So God bless Andy. Oh, um, and he was a he was a, a very good friend and he was a talker and a life lover. And um, he was just so into you, too, that that semester in Prague with Andy and it was when pop came out mm -hmm. and I wasn't as into pop. I always felt yeah. like pop was when yeah, I didn't care for pop. Yeah. But yeah. you see, I would just I would I would encourage. And again, maybe it was being in Europe, but I actually picked up that Zuropa was them doing station to station was like their their Bowie station to station mm -hmm. their kind of like exorcism of the fame of Octung Baby and doing it in this very European way, which was I felt Bowie doing this exorcism of his glam period on Station to Station. And when I listen to that album, I hear a very honest band uh, doing actually some really cool music um, for me. Uh, and, and there's sort of a we're adrift and like what just happened and like was Octung baby were we ready for that and what that became so that's me but i also get that a lot of people don't like that album. all right yeah the... we'll have to give it another <laughs> listen i haven't listened to zoo ropa in a very long time yeah i haven't either but also i'm not a enormous u2 fan but yeah, yeah that's definitely not one of the records <laughs> but that's interesting oh, yeah. though no, uh -huh. yeah, I, I mean, I, I get it. I, I, the, but, but before I forget, I just wanted to say, not Spencer. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, before I forget, I just wanted to say that, um, to your point about when you and Spencer came in, the other thing was I went to a film school where there was a lot of snobbery, uh, and I don't mean, and there was also a lot of not snobbery too. I mean, there sure. were, but, but there were a lot of people who, um, I, I don't know whatever it was, and, and by the way, I, I'm sure I was guilty of it a lot too. I'm not judging, but to your point, I just never wanted Secret Movie Club to ever embody that. So it was always really important to me that if your favorite movie, like we have Edwin Gomez, who if you listen to our podcast, you come in. Edwin came onto our team a few years ago. His favorite movies are like Hong Kong Kung Fu and Jean-Claude Van Damme and uh, like canon movies. Right. And, if, and I love that. And if that's your favorite movie, I want you to feel just as welcome as if your favorite movie is Bellatar's Satan Tango or whatever. <laughs> sure. Do you have a favorite genre of movie? Movie? No, no. Uh, but the answer I give, I don't know if I'm anticipating or jumping your question. When people ask me what my desert island movie is, which yeah. is a little, uh, the, no, I love all genre. I love everything. And I actually love when someone tells me to see a movie that I never would see. Uh, like when my wife and I, uh, let me answer. I'm sorry. I always, I'm very, you can see the Russian in me. That's the aggressiveness. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Left, right, up, down, back, front. Oh! Ah! <laughs> 
Oh, totally. And I love those novels. Like I love Dostoevsky and Tolstoy, but when you read those novels, they're like stories nested in stories, nested in stories, nested in stories. All right. Um, but um, my Desert Island movie is Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai. So it's, if, oh, if the wow. aliens were to come and they were to be like, what is cinema? And I was like, oh, okay. I'd give them Seven Samurai because uh, it, it, it to me is everything that cinema can be, which is uh, it's actually a, a wildly entertaining film. Uh, the, the Billy Wilder once said, you can do a simple story in a complicated way or a complicated story in a simple way. And I think that Seven Samurai is a simple story in a complicated way. Cause like very beginning, these bandits are like, we're going to raid this town in 40 days or whatever. Like we're going to come back when the wheat's up, they go, the farmers are like, what are we going to do? Old man's like, get some samurai, samurai come, you know, the bandits are coming back. That's the story. But within that, it's everything about existence. And, uh, and so he somehow Kurosawa somehow, he also touches on how the bandits, the farmers and the samurai are not really all that different which I think very few movies can do. He touches on the common humanity of different points of view. Um, he gets at some of the toughest things that people have to suffer through. He gets that life is suffering. And yet he affirms it with yes. Uh, and then you get this dope action sequence in the rain at the end. So <laughs> I love it. That hits so many different levels of things, which is kind of cool though too. <laughs> It's intense. <laughs> okay, uh, we are at the point of the program where it is five o'clock somewhere. We ask you uh, five quick questions to get to know you a little bit better before we take off. Are you ready, Craig Hamill? Let's do it. Uh, all right, question number one. What is your favorite terrible movie? It's so bad you love it. Ah, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> and I love I love that genre too. Uh, you were, That's a genre I love. Um, the one that pops into my mind uh, it's, it may not be my favorite if I, if I didn't have dad brain, I could think a little longer, but one of the favorites for sure is uh, Ninja three, the domination. Uh, and if you've never seen Ninja, the one that Edwin and I agree on, I think, uh, it's directed by Sam Furstenberg, who also did Breakin' and Breakin' two electric boogaloo. It was made by Canon in 85, 86. And, uh, it was like the, the, the Canon was always trying to ride some bad. So I kid you not. It's about an aerobics instructor who lives in a glass brick apartment that has an arcade game. And she is taken over by the soul of a dead ninja who wants to get revenge on all the cops that killed him on a golf course in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, the rest of the movie is her possessed by this dead ninja and then also doing aerobics, Jane Fonda style in mid eighties to mid eighties music. But then it ends up in a monastery where the star of Ninja One and Two, and I don't, I think they were called Return of the Ninja, he shows up because they couldn't pay him the money to star again. And then he and the dead ninja uh, like square off in a monastery at the end. Very amazing. Favorite scene of it, she's called <laughs> by her arcade game to take the ninja sword. And then the ninja sword floats past a Duran Duran poster. Like, and then she grabs the sword in front of it, like arcade game to mid eighties music. And I, I was like, God, I'm in, I'm in. That is so <laughs> insane, abstract and like non sequitur in so many ways. I have no idea. <laughs> I, have, I love weird shit. That is hilarious. Oh, Quite dude, an I didn't elevator even pitch for that one. Oh, I didn't even tell you the exorcism sequence. <laughs> Where they try to exorcise the dead ninja out of her with her like weirdly middle of the road looking cop boyfriend anyway just check it out <laughs> okay uh question number two 
Okay, if you could sit with one movie maker, living or dead, and chat for an hour, who would it be? John Ford. That seemed pretty easy. That, that's good, though. I like that. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I have a holy trinity of directors, um, and it's Akira Kurosawa, John Ford, and Jean Renoir. Um, but I feel that, weirdly, Kurosawa and Jean Renoir were very generous. Uh, and, and John Ford was, too. But, I, I mean, very generous. And there's a lot of video and tape and books, and they wrote books. So I, I can go to them and, and maybe have a sense of what a conversation with them would be like. John Ford was such a notoriously complicated dude and would often stonewall interviewers that if, if I could somehow just sit down with him and maybe get him to let down his guard a little bit. That would be life changing. Yeah. Okay, uh, question number three, your favorite movie snack? Mm. Mm. Butterfinger bites. Bites, okay. Oh yeah, oh, where I love, I love <laughs> Butterfingers. And, and it's funny when you run a movie theater, I, it's not, I'm not turned off at candy, but it, it's now that I do it all the time, that's I like that stock. I order that. Uh, it, it, by the way, we're going to get a popcorn machine. I totally look into dipping into the tub and having like delicious popcorn. But um, I love Butterfingers. I've never gotten sick of them from a little kid to today. Favorite candy bar, favorite candy, Butterfinger Bites. All right. I love that. Uh, question okay. number four. Delish. Okay, besides watching movies, what's something else you actually love to do? Be with my family, for sure. That's number one. Uh, try to be a good dad, a good husband, good family member, friend. That's priority. If, if you're not that, nothing else matters. Beautiful, man. Amen. That is beautiful. Uh, yeah. Question number five. Um, not to be dark, but you're on your deathbed, and you get to watch one last film. Which would it be? Hmm. Hmm. Probably Seven Samurai. <laughs> I, I mean, I could give you a different answer, but it wouldn't be true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's awesome. Well, yeah. that wraps up. Uh, it's five o'clock somewhere. And our Cause I Have Two podcast with uh, Craig Hamill from Secret Movie Club. You've been an awesome guest. Thank you for coming on. And thank you for, for living your dream because you have to. <laughs> yeah. Well, th thank you, guys. Can I ask you a question before we yeah. end? Sure. Yeah, Absolutely I mean, I, not. Oh, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Don't try well, turning the tables on us. <laughs> <laughs> Hamill. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Well, the the, uh, the the tell me. I mean, this is a this is a great podcast to do. Why? I'm sure you've mentioned it before on your podcast. But why? Why are you doing this podcast about talking to people who who are doing what they love? Uh, I like to dig deep into. A lot of people don't live their passion. Like they're afraid of it or afraid of pursuing it, you know, like even when you started doing it, maybe you worried about money. I don't know, we just have a deep passion for people living their passions and us also living our passions. It's just great to talk to people and hear their stories. I mean, the stories of people, you know, oh, and then I realized I really like this and then I tried it and then everything just started opening up and working out. And I don't know, it's just a, it's just a joy to hear people living their dreams. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. It's it's there. Uh, there's so many stories out there that really and all different. You know, like whether they're a musician yeah. or a movie person, or we talked to uh, plantress last week. Someone who comes in and like does all the plants in your home or your business. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, some are birth had, doulas, yeah, death well, doulas. We had a birth doula and a death wow. doula. Um, that must have been an intense one, the death yeah. doula. It, it, yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it, it was. It is. But I mean, so necessary. I, I, I mean, yeah. not to, not to, but 
I think about this a lot. The, and again, this is like a whole other podcast, but um, I'm not, it's funny, I, I'm not one for being morbid about death. Uh, I, that's just not my personality. But um, I do think engaging with death and understanding that's all where we're headed and and trying to prepare for it. And, and I mean, that's why I've always loved Latino culture. My wife is uh, Latina. And uh, I like that you have Day of the Dead, where at sure. least once a year, you think about everybody who's passed, you, yeah. you think about death, you sort yeah. of like embrace death. So, I mean, I think a death doula is a, a necessary thing. I think in America, it's clear that we really don't like to engage with it. I think that's right. to our detriment. If you if you heard the episode, you'd be like, "That's it. That's right. That's exactly what we just talked about." <laughs> Seriously, yeah. you would really right. you'd really understand and see that that people don't understand what Dia de los Muertos actually is and what it's about. So, yeah, Day of the Dead. And then you guys probably know this, and I'll I'll shut up. But but did were either of you inspired by Joseph Campbell? No. It's so funny that yeah. just your reasoning and, oh. and Julie Julie, you said it. And I just want to say thank you again, Julie and Jason. For having yeah, me on the phone. Um, Absolutely. The, uh, so, one final story, and then I'll, I'll totally shut up. So, when maybe <laughs> uh, <laughs> you better hit that red button in the corner right now. <laughs> and I'll just go keep ahead. talking. I'm no, like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm telling this story anyway to a black um, The uh, the uh, so when I was in high school, a senior in high school. Uh, I, I was like part of this uh, scholarship thing. It was a weird thing, but uh, they gave us a thing at the, the first day of it. We were like, it was team building and then you won a scholarship amount. It was kind of an interesting thing, but uh, so I fill out this thing, not knowing what it's for. I was just like, oh, okay. At the end of the thing, uh, they have a ceremony, you get your check and they announce and they're, everyone's going up and they're like, and the heroes of Doug McGrath or whoever went up were his mother and father, everybody, mother and father, mother and father. And I was like, oh no. Cause then I realized and my mom and stepdad were there at the time. And my dad was in LA. I would very, I had two great fathers and my father, he just wasn't there. But, and so then I go up and, and they're like, and Craig's heroes are Joseph Campbell and Malcolm X. <laughs> <laughs> and this was in Orange County too. So I remember because my mom, did, we I, I would do weeks in Orange County here uh, weekends with my dad and I, and 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 everyone else had been mom and dad. I was Joseph Campbell and Malcolm X. But the 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 point of that is so Joseph Campbell, who you guys probably know, was wrote all these books on mythology, um, and uh, I highly recommend that people read The Power of Myth. It was life changing for me. I read it when I was about sixteen, but. He says what you guys just said. He said what you said, Julie, which is that one of the uber themes in all mythology from the beginning of time is to follow your bliss. And that doesn't mean, I mean, I think that's been abused. That doesn't sure. mean <laughs> ignoring your responsibility to your family or to society or, right. you know, I'm just going to buy a Ferrari and blah, blah, blah. That's not what that meant. He said, if you read mythology, what it means is what you said, Julie, that you pursue what you love and if you do that, doors were, oh, I remember this, like doors were open where you never thought there were doors and people will show up who will want to be a part of your thing that you do like, how is this happening? And I will say that that has absolutely in my experience borne out to be true. Wow. That's, yeah, that is awesome. And I can't wait to re-listen to this and take notes of certain things to watch <laughs> and to read. <laughs> Look no, I'm serious. I, yeah, it's so it's so fascinating and intriguing. So I'm into that. I like it. Yeah, you've been and awesome. So thank you for sharing. You've been story. awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
We're an awesome trio. Yeah, man, we are. We should do this weekly. Yeah. <laughs> Call me up again. <laughs> Hit me up. I'm here with when my wife, get... three kids, and my secret movie club. <laughs> yeah. They get sick of listening to me, too. I'll just call you guys. <laughs> All right, we'll see you at uh, the Secret Movie Club. Yes, that's right. Thank you, guys. All right, thank you. Appreciate everything. Welcome to the Afterpod, where we talk about our guest after they leave the room. That was a long podcast. Longer than I thought. That was. That was. It was long. But super interesting. Yeah, I think it went by fast. Yes, it really did. But didn't I I tell you? I was like, this guy is perfect. We got to have him on. Greg Hamill, the secret movie club guy. Yeah. I literally had to go see him one time, and he changed my life and yeah. made me go, I, I, I need you on this podcast. I almost asked him what he thought about the movie Face Off. Oh, my God. That would have been funny. I know. Well, that's the thing is that. He needs to have a prison, with- a prison weekend. I should have brought that up. Prison weekend of all yeah. prison movies. Now, that is something I would go to. Yes. A little Shawshank Redemption, oh, Face yeah. Off, um, Alcatraz, Escaping yep. Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. All right, the I just rock? gave him. No, I just. just <laughs> I mean, if we have to, I just gave him. I just curated a weekend for him. Yeah, you did. That's that's exactly it. I know. It's, it's so man. What? But see, that's as we've said a million times, and we said this time. It's people like that that we have on the podcast that you're just like holy shit and there's just so many more so much people. energy and so much passion about what yeah. he does like it's 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 so like of course this is what he does with his life because he just loves it so much yeah um it's really great he's i mean talk about someone going all in he's going all in and yeah. just yeah it's really inspiring it is. Makes you He's... look at your own life. Are you living your dreams, friend? Yeah. If you're not, that's okay. Call up Craig. He'll sit <laughs> He'll down with you for you. about 47 days, <laughs> and you'll figure out life after that. <laughs> no, I only said that because he said it. Like, oh, yeah, go sit there. In three days, you'll be done listening to, to Grandpa or whoever it was. Yeah. <laughs> that would just chat your ear off. I love being chatted off my ear um, because everybody has such amazing stories and I love hearing stories. So I love sitting there and listening. Obviously, sure, people will get annoyed by that, but I I enjoy it. If you want to check out uh, his website and uh, Instagram are all Secret Movie Club. The website is just secretmovieclub.com. Yeah, that's right. Um, God. It's it's just it's so I I don't know if he said which uh, school he went to film school but I meant to ask him. Yeah, no, he didn't say. Yeah, I didn't think so. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. I don't you know I'll have I haven't gone to the secret movie club. We going? You know we'll who else will be it. will be there? Spencer, Spencer Kent will be there. <laughs> That's right. Front row. Yeah. <laughs> we did. I don't know if we said front row, but I think we did because. I mean, Sometimes you're just you're yeah you're way too yeah. close but um but also like the sound system can be very loud depending on what film you're watching yeah if it's an action thing or something it's gonna blast you with the gunshots 
especially if it's you know from the 60s or something like that i love how we got into all the irish stuff little uh, oh my god i know I'm, a, I'm gonna listen to zoo Ropa this week but i can't imagine i you know when i was 15 i was obsessed with you two Zuropa and Pop, I, I took a back seat. I was like, you know what? Take a little break. Yeah. And then their next album, I got back a little back into them. But um, it's an interesting well, album to choose of all their work. I know, but what was your favorites? I already probably know. Joshua Tree and a War? Um, Joshua Tree is pretty important. Octung Baby is uh, like I was going through a breakup and it's kind of it's about breaking up and stuff so i would say that was a big um (laughs) well it's funny really dates you when you talk about albums (laughs) no that was a very emotional album for me so but i wouldn't i mean like new their song new year's day yeah sunday bloody sunday i mean you know if sue sue kinsey's listening we would watch uh, Under a Blood Red Sky, the, the um, what's the amphitheater we were just talking about today in Colorado? Uh, the Red Rock. Red Rocks. Red Rocks. I mean, that was like the greatest concert film yeah. of our childhood, where sure. they played there. And yeah, I wanted to be Irish. I tried on the radio. I had a couple yeah. Irish names. That was Julie Donovan once. Oh, that's so cute. Isn't that cute? Uh, anyway, uh, this was a very long podcast, so I think we got to jump, but that was okay. great. Craig was great. We are jumping. And uh, check out, uh, if you're in LA, check out the Secret Movie Club. Love Do to it. see you at a film. That is the truth, and I can't wait to go to the next one. All right, till next time, guys. Okay, thanks. Love you. Thanks for listening to the Cuz I Have To podcast. The best way you can help us is share the show. Tell people about it. Share it with your friends on your socials and also leave us a great iTunes review. Just Google Cuz I Have To podcast iTunes. Go to the bottom of the page and there's your review section. Make it good, will ya? Find us on Instagram at Cuz I Have To podcast and email us, especially if you know someone living their dharma and you think they'd be a great guest on the show. It's Cuz I Have To podcast at Gmail. And oh, we do love those voice messages. You can leave us one at anchor.fm slash cuz I have to. Keep living those dreams, friends, cuz you have to. Till next time.